Women are said to retire with around 47% less superannuation than men. We also spend an average of five years out of the workforce raising children, and when we do return to work, we earn approximately 18% less. Women are also the largest growing demographic in the small business space. Today's guest is Christina Hobbs, the founder of Verve Super. It's the first superannuation fund founded by women for women in Australia. And she joins us today to talk through the basics of making informed decisions about our superannuation and financial life when we're running a small business. Christina, welcome to Flying Solo. Thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. I've read a lot about Verve and I'm excited to speak with you. Let's start by talking about Verve's vision for women and financial empowerment. Can you describe that to us? Yeah, so I guess there's three co-founders, all of us. So women, a lot of us have been working, um, sort of been working in between the not-for-profit space and the for-profit space for really each of us over a decade supporting women's financial wellbeing in different um, spheres. And we really just saw this huge gap in terms of, you know, people and particularly women, just not having anyone to turn to to really support them with their financial um, decisions. And there's obviously lots of great books available. Um, the Government Money Smart website's excellent as well. But what we really felt was that um, what was lacking was that people didn't sort of have a supportive community, often didn't have friends that they could discuss with before they, before they made decisions. And so the idea behind Verve was really to start a superannuation fund that was tailored for women, that invested ethically, that made some great investments that supported women in our communities, and that also provided this free financial coaching community for our members as well. So they're really that's a really compelling list of, of attributes, and it's great that it's so centralised too, being that you can go to one place and get all of that. My understanding of the process of becoming a member with Verve is that you guys also make a point in a way of simplifying superannuation in the process. And this is what I consider to be really wonderful news because for some reason, you know, the language around superannuation, particularly if you haven't run a business before and you've always worked in a corporate environment, sort of taken care of in a sense. What do you think it is about superannuation that has sort of made us a little bit confused by it in the past or it just seems so complicated? I think there's a couple of reasons and I think the first is almost the history of superannuation in that for a long time it was something that employers could choose for their employees and a lot of people um, even to this day feel like it's not really their money um, and that it's, you know, we know that it is and we'll get it later in life but we don't really feel like it's something that we're actively managing we think it's somehow the government's money or something to do with our employer and so I think you know a lot of the old superannuation funds really took advantage of this um, because you know once they had a member signed up they didn't need to continue providing services or support um, and they can really do the bare minimum to to just manage the money and so I think this really created an environment where people are just very disengaged with their superannuation generally and that's really something that we wanted to to shake up Definitely. So we are speaking in the context of a, of a small business audience. 60% of our community here at Flying Solo are women. And we also know that women are increasingly the, the largest growing demographic in our small business space. What do you think are some of the core things that we need to know if we've started to run a business um, rather than being you know, employed? Yeah, I think it's a really good question. And um, when we started Verb, we actually worked out of a women's co-working space here in Melbourne 
um, where we worked, we worked surrounded by a number of women small business owners. And it was really interesting to talk to different business owners about how they perceive their businesses and superannuation. Um, and I think the real lesson I got out of that was that there's an awful lot of women in small business who feel that if they're earning enough in terms of a salary to kind of get by, then their business is doing okay. And that's not obviously not everyone's business, but there is this really large percentage of women that feel like if they're earning a decent salary each year, then then that's okay. Um, but I think the problem that I saw was that there's not as many women who are thinking, well, I have to be earning a salary and I have to be putting money away for the future. And if I can't be doing that, then, then my, I shouldn't be thinking that my business is viable. And so at the outset, a lot of what we tried to do was to talk to small business owners about, okay, there, there might be two, three, four years, but you might not even be able to draw much of a salary. Um, and that's okay if you're working towards um, a point of, of profitability and a point of better income, um, but you have to sort of be evaluating what you're getting today and what you're putting away for the future in terms of thinking about how how, how the business is going and, and if it really is viable. So that was sort of one of my really big, really big lessons. And then also really encouraging small business owners to also put away superannuation for themselves or at least to think about how they're going to fund their retirement. And again, if you're building a business that is truly building value, that the value of that business is beyond the work that you're doing, that one day it's something you might be able to sell, um, as an asset, then potentially it's less important to have money being put away into superannuation. Um, but if you're not building that type of business, then you do really need to be thinking about your retirement as well. That's a really excellent point. And I think, you know, understanding our audience, we are majority sort of what we've coined lifestyle businesses. So we mm. are running businesses that we've developed to support our families or, or enable us as women to work around the needs of, of families. So I think, mm. you know, probably the majority of the audience listening now do fall into that category that you're talking about there in terms of we're not building something necessarily to sell it in our minds. This is going to be something that's sort of ongoing. When I listen to you talking about that now, I think, you know, there's going to be people listening as well who are going to say, oh, my goodness, that's me. I haven't done that. I need to do that. What's something we can do sort of straight away um, to help us feel a bit more empowered? Yeah, I think, I think something that I like to really encourage people to do is to just come up with a rough plan for retirement. And you can do this at 20, at 30, at 40, at 50. Um, have a think about, you know, it, it could be just sitting down for an hour thinking about, um, you know, what do you want your retirement to look like? Is that going to be a retirement that's going to cost you $30,000 a year? Is it going to cost you $40,000 a year? Just get an idea of what's going to bring you joy later in life and what you, know, what, what you want that, that life to look like. And then I think it's quite easy to work, to work backwards. And actually the Government Money Smart website has some great tools on this where you can actually pop in a couple of details like how much you're having super, how much um, you're earning and putting away each year. And it'll actually sort of tell you how you're, um, tracking for the future and so I think just kind of getting that snapshot of this is where I want to be this is where I'm currently at today will normally actually give people a bit a bit of reassurance and even if that reassurance is like oh geez I've got some work to do here at least sort of understanding what the gap is instead of just having this feeling of anxiety in the back of your head and, and not being able to do anything about it and then of course once you've got that you know then it then it's about setting a plan and and is that plan going to be putting money into your superannuation to ensure you've got that for your retirement? Is it going to be thinking about 
um, what other assets you might want to build up instead. So do you, do you want to think about um, investing more in the business so it's something that can be sold or, or is it, you know, property that you want to rely on? But, but somehow we're, we're all going to need superannuation or other forms of assets and resources when we retire. Absolutely. And, you know, those questions that you're bouncing off there in terms of, you know, what we want things to look like or, or even just thinking about it, are those the types of questions that if we became a member and we got that free financial coaching that we'd be talking through? Is that part of the process? Yeah, we've had a sort of a bit of a... Um um, during COVID things have got a little bit um, mixed around, but we typically sort of had a range of one-on-one um, -on -one financial coaching. We had some group financial coaching. We had events, webinars um, that were sort of tailored based on, on where you're at. Um, mm -hmm. Even today, you can, as a non-member, you can just pop on our website and there's a section called Verve Academy and you can navigate down to the superannuation module. And we've got a great module there. It's sort of like a 15-minute um, video that talks through it and then we've got a worksheet that you can actually fill out and use and really takes you through a step-by-step -step process to think through some of these things so mm. that might be a great a great start for anyone listening that sounds great and also I think as you said earlier just you know setting aside just a tiny bit of time out of your week to really think about this stuff is so important and can also lead you to to answers in a sense just by being open to the fact that you do need to think about it yeah I think for many of us will you know our superannuation will be our could be our largest asset so it could be even larger than our our houses by the time we retire the value of it mm. um and so it will definitely be more than any car you've ever owned um so <laughs> so you know yeah exactly so I think if you think about the amount of time that you would take to book a you know a holiday that you've really saved and invested in or a car or a house um you know taking that amount of time each year or, or less for your superannuation is, is not a bad investment yeah absolutely so we've obviously touched on that you know financials can feel a little bit overwhelming or confusing mm. as sole traders how do we best simplify that um, in terms of our contributions to superannuation? Yeah, I think the, the hard thing about um, making contributions when you're a sole trader is not so much the sort of actual technicalities of how to do that, but it's more that you don't have that forced process that you do when you're an employee. So you, you don't have anyone forcing you to put that away each month. Mm. Um, but I think that getting into that regular um, pattern is is probably the the best way to ensure that you do start um, saving towards your retirement through your super. So if this is something you know you need to do, what I really suggest to people is just setting up a regular payment plan. So that could be each month when you take down a salary, or it could be each quarter, whatever it is, and you can actually set that up so it's automatic withdrawals, or, or set up a system with your superannuation fund. And something I, I often suggest to people who are in potentially in managing businesses or income that's a lot more lumpy mm. is to keep this process going but instead of putting your super into your actual fund where it's locked away is just put it away each month into a separate bank account that is labeled superannuation and then before the financial end of the financial year just roll it all into your super and that way if something happens during the year if if you become ill or if there's a sudden downturn in your industry or even if something like COVID happens um, you haven't locked that money away, um, but if you do get through the year and your income's been good and healthy, 
then you can just roll that that money by the end of the year. So that's something I often suggest to people who find themselves in that situation. That's an excellent idea. And it strikes me as something that would be really useful within the first few years of building up your business while things are still a little bit uncertain for you. So you're building that nest egg and you can easily then just transfer it away once you're feeling more confident about things. You know, I think something to point out about superannuation is that it's obviously a retirement saving system, but it's also a tax system. So there's there's tax advantages as well to putting money into superannuation versus other forms of investments or savings. And so you can actually put away up to $25,000 a year um, through what's called a, con- a concessional contribution. And this is a contribution that you basically make pre-income um, tax being applied. So essentially, if you were to make this before the end of the year, you can then claim it on your tax return um, right. and, and you'll get the tax back from it. So um, it is a it is in that way for many people, it can be a favourable way of, of um, saving money for their retirement. Definitely. So I guess um, just for the last question, taking an overall look at the conversation, if we are beginning to start a small business or we already started one, you've pointed out that we need to start thinking about our superannuation if we haven't and make a plan for thinking about it if we haven't. Um, and also, you know, looking at our options in terms of whether it's best for us to get into a superannuation fund now or pull the money ourselves in the interim. Is there anything else that we need to understand sort of in a broad context kind of way about our financials when we're sole traders? Yeah, I mean, I think I think people are in such different situations, but I, th- I think, you know, just generally in terms of financials is just, you know, really making certain that I think at the end of each financial year or whatever period it is that you're holding yourself accountable to really check in um, on how this business is going for you. And I just know so many people on sole tra- who are sole traders who are sort of each month kind of getting into the end of the month, they're able to pay the bills, they're able to kind of get by, um, that have potentially been in that situation for quite a while. And there's probably people listening today thinking, gosh, yes, that's me. Yeah. Um, and I think it's okay, but I think it's sort of a matter to, to set yourself a time frame. Um, you know, whether it's three years, five years, you're going to give it a go and what success looks like and what minimum sort of viable continuation looks like versus just getting another form of job. And I know it's often harsh, but I think really having those clear boundaries with yourself and holding yourself accountable or, or maybe talking to your partner about it or a friend to, to check in and make sure so you hold yourself accountable is, is really important um, because I think when we do feel passionately about what we're doing and, and most women who are in business that I know, they're doing something that they're actually really passionate about. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a in tendency to just pour more and more and more into it. And I think, um, you know, we really have to make certain that, that what we're doing is going to look after us in the long run as well. It's such excellent advice because I think, you know, as women, it's probably a generalisation, but, you know, it is so easy to pour yourself into something and think that you'll be all right and sort of as long as you're driving through. And there's a lot of rhetoric around the building of a small business, particularly actually at the moment where it's just about working really hard and, you know, being really passionate about it. But as you say, it takes more than that for you to be able to sustain yourself for, an, for a long period of time. Yeah, exactly. I think I think you sort of got to somehow mix the, um, you know, if you dream it, it will happen and building intentions and calling on the universe with a bit of practical, like, you know, how long am I going to do that for until, uh, you know, I decide to pivot or, you know, I need to supplement this with some other form of income. But, but you know, I, I think it's really important because I think, um, you know, I really have a lot of respect for anyone who is in small business and who is doing it alone. And I think, you know, particularly for women, we're often, 
often we do these we, we do this because normal employment doesn't provide the flexibility um, that we need. And so I think that there's also this heightened risk that that women can end up through you know craving that that flexibility and more meaningful work going down this avenue and and then it's really important that we are looking after ourselves as well. Absolutely. Christina, thank you so much for sharing all of that with us today. I just wanted to make sure that we reference the right website for Verve. So um, the best place to find you guys is obviously your website. Yeah, exactly. V-E-R-V-E super.com.au. So not quite Verve the champagne, but... um... (laughs) (laughs) That's unfortunate. That was getting exciting, but yes. Yes, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) thank you so much for joining us on the show today christina no worries at all thank you for having me